So Luke chapter 15, verses 17 through 20, reads, But he came to himself. When he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. Let's pray together. God, we're so thankful for this time to open your word. And we know that without you, we can't understand a bit of it. There is a veil that keeps us from seeing, from hearing. There is our own sinful blockages. There's our own distractions or worries. And so God, we're asking you to break through all of that, that we might hear your word and be transformed and changed and encouraged and empowered. And God, that we would see you work today, that we would experience you deliver us and deliver people from sinful bondage and uh, destructive patterns and abuse and neglect or whatever it is that people are going through. God, speak through the power of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So as we looked at those verses, and, and I want you to take time to look through the entire uh, chapter 15 of Luke. But especially looking at that verse, he came to himself when he came to himself in other translations. That's the English standard version. But in other translations, it says when he came to his senses, when he came to his senses, he had an awakening when a light bulb finally came on, uh, when he hit rock bottom. He began to look in another direction, didn't he? And sadly, it often takes that for us to see what we're really doing and, and who we really are. And so we looked at that in Sunday school and, and hopefully have searched our own hearts. But what about if we're at that place where we have prodigals in our life? Or as Jesus talks about in the first parable in 15, we have lost sheep, people that have gone astray, that were part of the fold, but they've wandered astray. Or we have a lost coin in our life. Or we have a prodigal uh, in our life. Or we have a self-righteous person in our life that isn't trusting in Christ, but trusting in their own goodness and their own self-righteousness. What do we do in that situation when we have lost people in our life? When we have prodigal people? When we have prideful hearts that we're dealing with? How do we respond? That's the moment we want. We want to pray for that moment where the light comes on. They come to their senses. They have this awakening experience of God's goodness. And how all they've got to do is go home. And he devises his own plan of what he's going to say and how he's going to say it. But when he gets there, it's nothing like he thought. He didn't, his dad didn't meet him with a whip. He didn't meet him to say, hey, come here, boy, let's take care of this. And you're going to receive a hundred lashes and become a slave. He met him with open arms of love 
and embraced him and threw a, and put a robe on him, covered his filth and his sin and put a robe on him and, and threw a party for him, slaughtered the fattened calf for him. Uh, and that's what happened. That wasn't what he expected. And so, what do we do? Well, that's the moment we're praying for, but it doesn't always come right away. And for that father in Jesus' story, it didn't come right away. He probably spent a lot of mornings and evenings looking, searching the horizon. Did he see his son coming home? Not today. Not today. Not today. And so, if you and I want to faithfully persevere, in praying for the lost and the prodigal and the prideful hearts in our lives. Number one, we need to start with ourselves, don't we? We're not going to help others until we've let the Lord do a mighty work in our own life over our own prodigal and prideful hearts. But we've got to reconcile. We've got to remember and we've got to remain. So let those three words stick in your mind today. Reconcile, remember, and remain. If you want to be someone that God uses to powerfully influence the lives of lost and prodigal and prideful people, those are words you've got to stick with. Reconcile, remember, and remain. So first of all, reconciliation is an important word in, uh, in, in a Christian's faith. It's an important word for you to know. And it's not one you probably know unless you've been around church. And so it's one that you need to remember and get, and, and get acquainted with. Um, but if you look it up in the Bible Dictionary, and I encourage you, you can download one online. BibleGateway.com is a great resource. An app you can put on your phone that has Bible commentaries that explain the Scripture, has Bible dictionaries, and, uh, or you can go buy them. You can buy Bible dictionaries. It's an important tool uh, to have or a Bible encyclopedia. But if you look up that word in a Bible dictionary, it defines reconciliation as the process by which uh, God and people are brought together. So what God does, the process God uses to bring God Himself and us back together. Uh, And so, you know, we learned that in the Bible that we are estranged from God. Uh, We're distant. We're indifferent. We're even hostile toward God. And you've probably met people in all those spectrums. People that are estranged, they're indifferent, they don't even care about God. And then you have people that are hostile toward God. Those are often the people that say they don't believe in a God, but they're hostile towards Him. And they hate it for you to talk about Him, but they don't believe. It's kind of strange. But anyways, but people are hostile towards God. Uh, and we, we are that way because God is holy, and God is righteous, and He's set apart, and there's no sin in God, there's no darkness in God, and we are sinful. We're the opposite of that. We have sin, we have, live in darkness, and so there's a clash. And no matter what we try to do to get to God, it's not going to work as long as we have sin in our life. As long as there is darkness in us, we cannot enter into the light of God. I often use the sun as an illustration. You think you could live on the sun for one minute. You could not. 
Uh, you could not live on the sun. You, you're, you're not equipped to do that. You can't do that. Uh, we're not smart enough as a people to live on the sun, to create some kind of vessel that could uh, move to the sun. Nobody even trying that. Nobody wants to do that. Well, that's God's holiness. He is that holy. He is that righteous. He is that set apart that us in our state of sinfulness... We can't enter in to God. We can't be brought together unless something took place. And that's what God did. He's holy. We are sinful. And that could have been the end of it. If you read in, the, in Genesis, when the world is so corrupt that everybody's thought, every intention they had was evil. That's all they thought about. That's all they did. And God could have wiped everybody out. But instead, he saved Noah and his family because he loves us. God loves us. Uh, Romans 5.8 reminds us of that, that while we were still in our sin, Christ died for us. Christ died for us while we were still in our sin. It's hard to love people that are caught up in their own selfishness, in their own sin. And yet God did it. God sent His Son to die for us. And it's impossible for God to just overlook sin. He is not just going to overlook it. He wouldn't be a good, righteous, just God if He just let us get away with it. And if people could be horrible, uh, more you know, ugly people, murderers and abusers and all those different things and then just get away scot-free... That's not what happened. That's not the Gospel. The Gospel is that Jesus Christ took that sin. Look at Hebrews 10, uh, 26. If we go on sinning deliberately, so we know it's wrong and we just keep on doing it, after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. God's holiness is going to consume all those that reject Him. And they make the decision to rebel against Him and to not believe in Him and to trust in Him. God is going to punish sin. It's impossible for Him to overlook sin. And it's important that we remember that. The Gospel is not that God has overlooked it and it's just, we're all sinners, you just go ahead and sin and it's okay. It's so not okay that Jesus died and suffered in your place and in my place. Was beaten beyond human recognition and nailed to a cruel cross. And He died there. The God, the Son of God, He he was God on the cross. And He died in our place. And that's what it takes to be reconciled. Reconciliation affects everyone. God is affected. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, who died and suffered as the sacrifice for our sin. Uh, and and that through that act of sacrifice, we are forgiven. So our, the price is paid, not by us. It was paid by Jesus. And God's wrath is satisfied against sin. So sometimes we get the idea that we're going to be separated from God if we die in our sin. 
When we die in our sin, uh, if, we're not, if we don't live a good enough life on this earth, then we're going to be separated from God. But the truth is, you already are separated from God. You already are an enemy of God. If you have rejected Him, if you haven't received His Son and chosen life through Jesus Christ, you're separated from God already. It's already taken place. You can't be good enough to get back to Him. Without Christ, that sin in your life already separates you from God. And unless you believe in Jesus, you will not be saved from the wrath of God that is to come upon this world. And when I say believe in Jesus, I want you to, to be careful with that. Because even the, de the devil believes in God uh, and he's not saved. And there's no saving relationship between God and the devil. Uh, and so it's important. So when you hear somebody say, I believe in Jesus, think about Luke 9.23. Real belief in Jesus is this. If you're going to come after Jesus, deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow Him. That's belief. Life-saving, life-transforming belief in Jesus is that right there. You deny yourself. So you go a live a new way. And as you choose God's way, you begin to see more and more of the things that you're holding on to that God doesn't want in your life. And you've got to get away from them. You've got to deny sin and selfishness and live a new life for Jesus. Take up your cross daily, which means I daily identify with a crucified Savior. He is my Savior and my Lord, and it means as much to me today as it did yesterday. To be saved, I had to repent and I had to trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ that He died for me on the cross. I never get past the Gospel. I relish in it. You want to worship God every day that your sin is paid for. Every day, and then you follow Jesus. You live a new way. That's believing in Jesus. And unless we believe in Jesus in that sense, and we repent of our sin, when we die, we will be forever separated from God in a place of absolute godlessness, which is called hell, which Jesus described as a horrible place of suffering. We'll be there because we lived separated from God. And we never reached out to be reconciled and to be made right with God. So God took the first step of reconciliation. God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Whoever believes in Jesus, God took the first step of reconciliation. You are not in a right relationship with God unless you have come through Jesus Christ. Unless you have denied yourself, taken up your cross daily, and are following, actively following Jesus, and you're not in a right relationship with God. And it's important to remember that. Reconciliation is accomplished for us through the finished work of Jesus Christ. And to receive that right relationship with God, to have your sin paid for, you've got to put your trust in Jesus. 1 John 5.12 is easy to think about. Whoever has the Son has life. Life 
through a right relationship with God. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Paul pleads with us in 2 Corinthians 5.20, Therefore we are ambassadors for God, God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. It's never too early and it's never too late to be reconciled with God. And we want to encourage you to hear that from God's Word today. And then we also need to remember if we are going to be out there shining the light of God and making a difference in the lives of prodigals. Number one, uh, we've got to be reconciled ourselves. But we've also got to remember who we were, that we were once lost sheep who had gone astray. We were once lost and unreconciled enemies of God, and through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are saved. And, uh, and we need the shepherd. Without the shepherd, you're going to go astray. Unless you're hearing his voice, you're going to go astray. And that's what he talks about in, in, in Luke 15, 1 through 7. And I encourage you to read that and think about that uh, passage this week that we were lost. And who sheep who had gone astray. And even, even after you've made a profession of faith and you've been baptized and maybe you've gone through some of those uh, things, unless you stay faithful and daily take up your cross and deny yourself and are actively following Him, you're going to start to drift. Your mind's going to start to drift. And once your mind starts to drift, your actions are going to start to drift. Apathy will set in. And you won't care as much about the Gospel anymore. It won't be making a daily impact on your life anymore. And, uh, and then hopefully... The shepherd will drag you back. You'll come to your senses. You'll have that moment of awakening, of being awoken and, and knowing how much He loves you. But we need to remember that. Don't ever think you're better than somebody that has drifted off. Don't ever think it can't happen to you. And that's how you keep that prodigal heart. You keep that, that, uh, or you keep that understanding of the prodigal heart about you that any of us could at any moment step away. Uh, and, uh, and so we want to keep fighting for others. Uh, we were once the lost coins. And it talks about in, in, uh, in 8 through um, 10 of, of Luke 15 about the woman who lost the coin. And she, uh, she lights a lamp. She sweeps the house. She seeks diligently until she finds that we were once that lost coin. Warren Wiresby says we were that lost coin stamped with the image of our Creator needing to be put back into circulation. We were once the rebellious children who wasted our inheritance and needed to come home to the Father. We were the prideful, uncompassionate brother who needed to be reminded of His first love. The brother had fallen in love. The older brother in, that, in the end of Luke 15 had fallen in love with himself in a sense and lost his love for his dad and his father and all his father had done for him or his parents in general. He had lost his love for them. And, 
And we know the Father in this parable represents God and how easy it is to fall in love with our church attendance or our singing voices or our knowledge of the Bible or our good works or our good deeds and lose sight of that first love. That I I don't do those things because I love to do those things. I love who I do those things for. I do those things for God. And my love is for Him. And I'm not trying to earn His love back. I'm not, I just love Him. And so I'm doing those things for God. And that's an awesome thing to, to be reminded of. And the brother had lost sight of that. But we've got to remember there's hope for those who have gone astray. This Luke 15, let it remind you there's hope for those who have gone astray. There's hope for those they seem like they're so lost They can never be found. They can never be found. There's hope for those suffering from prideful, prodigal hearts. And and, and so we can't give up. We've got to persevere. Jesus teaches this entire, all these parables, because people wondered. The Pharisees criticized him for hanging out with tax collectors and sinners. Why did He do that? Here's why. Because He loved them. Where those Pharisees and those religious leaders didn't see any value, Jesus saw value in these lost people, in this lost sheep, in that lost coin, in that prodigal son, even in that self-righteous son. Jesus saw value. And more than that, He saw His image stamped on them. And He was the way for them to return home. He was the way for them to return home. So I want to challenge you today. Remember what you are. That if you're in Christ today, you're a child of God. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Honor God with your body. Honor God with your thoughts. Honor God with the time He's given you on this earth because you belong to Him. But also remember In a healthy way, what you were. That without Christ, you're an enemy of God. You're a a rebel. You're lost. And there's no way to be found without Christ. And as you remember what you are in Christ and what you were without Christ, remember what God can do for any sinner who repents and is made right through the Son, Jesus Christ. The Old Testament is so filled with remember. Everything they did, all the rituals and holidays and temple practices were so they would remember who they are and who they were when they were slaves in Egypt and remember what God has done. We are so forgetful. It's so easy to forget or not even care to make the effort to remember who you are and who you were without Christ. So remember that. Remain. Remain in Christ. Keep searching. The shepherd kept searching till he found the lamb. The lady kept searching till she found the coin. Keep searching. Don't give up. Keep praying for that moment where the the prodigal and the lost and the prideful come to their senses. 
The light comes on and they realize the goodness of God and the goodness and kindness of God draws them back into a right relationship with Him. Keep searching. Keep shining light. That lady shined the light so that she could find that coin. You ever tried to look for something in the dark? It's pretty hard. It's almost impossible. you got to get pretty lucky. So keep shining light. Keep cleaning up. She started sweeping. I've done, I don't know how many times I've done that. I've lost something. Uh, and, uh, and so I just finally give up. And then I decide, well, maybe I'll organize my shed again. And before I know it, there it is. I found it. Uh, it's there because I started. And so sometimes our lives and our hearts and our minds get so cluttered with junk from the world and thoughts from the world that we're losing sight and we lose heart and we get lazy and, and, uh, and, and we can't find that passion again or that hope again. Uh, and, and it's because we need to clean house. We need to invite God in to help us and to get rid of some things that don't need to be in our lives. Keep seeking diligently. Don't give up. That lady did not give up to the coin was found and then keep being available for reconciliation reconciliation is god's work it's god that's got to do it jesus christ has accomplished it but you can be available to help people when they start thinking about the goodness of god and they start thinking about who could i go talk to about god who could i go and talk to about my sin and the things i've done and who would, who would care about me and not judge me and, and lead me to God? And, and, and do you come to mind? Are you available for reconciliation? The Father in this parable was available. He was there. He was looking for the Son. And when He saw Him, He was ready. He ran to Him. Even though Jewish men, it was, it was a, a shameful thing for them to be caught running. That wasn't something you did as a distinguished Jewish man. And yet, he didn't care. He ran. So keep being available to be part of what God does to reconcile people to Himself. And then keep putting relationships above keeping records. You see, that older brother, he was good at keeping records. Listen here, Dad. You've, you haven't even given me a goat to eat with my friends, and here you go killing the fattened calf for this sinful brother of mine, this selfish brother of mine. I've been working every day for you for years, and, and you haven't done anything for me. He's, got, he's a good record keeper, and he's good at keeping records, but he's lost sight of what was more important, the relationship he had with his dad. The relationship that he had with his dad, he was losing because of his record keeping, his, his self righteousness. And so, put relationships above all that. Number one, your relationship with God, remain in Him. That's what's most important, is your relationship with God. And then hopefully all the other relationships will start getting better in your life when your relationship with God gets right. 
But until then, they're not going to get better. The other relationships in your life are not going to get better until your relationship with God is right and stays right and is tended to daily. Jesus said in John 15, 3-5, Already you are clean because of the Word that I have spoken to you. Abide in Me and I in you. Some of your translations may say, Remain in Me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in Me. That's the relationship. Remain in Him. You can't can't do anything. He is the vine. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in Me and I in Him, He it is, she it is that bears much fruit. For apart from Me, you can do nothing. If you're a good record keeper, oh, I got baptized right here in this baptistry. I've sat in this pew faithfully for decades or I've done this or I've done that. And you're a good record keeper, but you've lost that, the relationship. You've lost who you remain in, who you abide in. You're in trouble. Are you being faithful to persevere in prayer for lost, prodigal, and prideful hearts? First of all, are you reconciled to God? Are you in a right relationship with God? Today's the day to get right. To repent of your sin. To believe in what God has done in Jesus Christ. To deny yourself. Take yourself off the throne. And put God on the throne. Put Jesus Christ on the throne in your heart. Believe that God raised Him from the dead. Are you remembering what God did to reconcile you? That's the Gospel every day. I need to remember that. Jesus died for me so that I can live for Him today. So that I can shine His light today. Are you remembering? Are you recognizing what God can do for any sinner who repents? Don't lose sight of that. Don't lose hope. God can do it. Are you remaining in Christ? Searching, shining, sweeping, seeking, and being available. Are you remaining in Him? Let's pray together. God, we praise You for Your Word today. We pray for prodigals. We pray for those that have rebelled against You as their Creator and are living in rebellion. And we know that They're everywhere. And God, we ask You to do a mighty work in our hearts, in our lives, in our church, in this place, in our community, so that that work can spread and we can see many sinners come to repentance. We can see the heavens rejoice and be filled with praise over what You're doing. But God, let that work begin right here for people that are lost and not believing in You. God, if there's someone here today and they're hearing Your voice and they're feeling the power of Your Spirit turning them towards You, help them today to cry out and be saved. 
Cry out to Jesus. Repent of your sin right now and just say, Lord Jesus, be the Lord, Savior of my life. Come in today and save me. As we close with this time of invitation, help us to bring glory and honor to Your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we uh, sing this hymn of invitation today, we just encourage you, whatever God's calling you to do, maybe it's to join our church family or to be baptized or to be saved today, and you, you need to publicly pronounce that. You've never done that in a public way. We want to encourage you to come forward today and let us pray with you about that. And, uh, and, but whatever, don't leave this place without getting right with God. Right where you are, talk to Him. Open your heart to Him. And let the Holy Spirit come in. Let's stand together as we sing this.